if it makes you happy, it's so, so monumentally important to just appreciate it and appreciate that it's in your life and appreciate that you are alive to appreciate it. Hi, I'm Sean and this is Boss Fight, a podcast about the real life challenges we face and how we overcome them. When things are hard, it can be nice to find a silver lining, but it's important that we don't let that lining obscure or deny the very real feelings that we have. Over the past year, we've experienced one of the worst collective events in history. I don't think it's hyperbole to say that we're all dealing with trauma from this to different extents. Leslie is having a hard time letting go of the guilt that comes along with feeling bad when you know that others have it harder than you. Hi, Leslie. Thank you for joining Boss Fight. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So before I get into anything, um, I had to ask you about your uh, Twitter username. Uh, uh, um, Jammer Leslie. Yeah. Um, I, I like to, so my favorite thing about Twitter is, um, is when people do like pun names, like Lana Del Raytheon was like the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life. (laughs) But I also like want people to know that it's me because I always forget when people change their usernames on Twitter. I'm like, now I don't know who you are anymore. (laughs) So I like to incorporate my actual name into dumb puns that I can think of. So yeah, um, Jammer Lammy was like uh, an, <laughs> old, uh, an old game that I really enjoyed and it fit with my name. So. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I've, <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty lame when it comes to Twitter because I think, that, I mean, that's a good uh, solution to that. But yeah, it's kind of the same thing. I'm like, I don't want people to get confused about who I am. So I usually just keep it my name and like sometimes add something on at the end. But that's, yeah, that's a good middle ground. You're like, I want people to know it's Leslie, but I also want to be like really stupid and funny. So. <laughs> yeah, that's my whole brand on Twitter, really. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, I haven't gotten too much into Twitter, but uh, don't do that, it. I, don't <laughs> do it. Yeah, <laughs> I've been sucked in since like 2014. I can't get out now. Right, right. It's too late for you. Okay. All right. I'll take that to heart. Yeah, I usually only go on there. I don't know to check the news and doom scroll, and that's about it. <laughs> All right. So. That was a good start, but uh, I like to get to know our guests with a uh, a little segment called uh, ch- uh, Create a Character. So first off, I'd like to see if you had to pick a character class for you in real life, what would it be? Oh, gosh. You know, as much as I want to say something like cool and badass, um, I am neither of those things. So <laughs> I'd probably be some sort of support, something where like I am making something for someone else to use to be cool and badass. So I guess like healer or whatever the guy is who makes the the machine gun turrets in like TF2. <laughs> that's that's me. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, it's <laughs> funny, I think of all the episodes I've done so far, a lot of people tend to go with that type of thing, like a support role. Sometimes in our lives, we don't think of ourselves as the hero, really, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think it's a it's a combination of like not wanting to sound too like braggy or whatever. But for me in particular, I'm just not like good at a lot of things. So <laughs> I have to be uh, real to myself. <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk about one of those things you are good at, at least, though. So uh, if what would your uh, like special skill be? I think for me, I'm really good at like, no, I don't want to say cutting corners, but like finding ways to do things way more efficiently that 
frees up time for myself and for anybody that I'm like working with or like doing organizational stuff with. I'm really good at like sitting down and like teaching myself tricks to make my work and everybody else's around me way easier. So that's something that I really pride myself on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I wouldn't think of that as cutting corners necessarily. Cause that sounds, that sounds like it's sloppy. It sounds like you're doing the work to make things like more efficient. Yeah. You know, I like, um, I like teaching myself new things, whether it's like a, a new software or a new like program or something. I, I like to just sit down and like really get into it and like Google questions that I have and things like that. Um, that sounds so nerdy, but, <laughs> but yeah, in the long run, it ends up being way easier to like get things done for me work-wise yeah, or no. like any other way. Yeah. Yeah. It does sound nerdy, but it's like, it's also just really responsible, you know? And that's like, and it's great. Yes, like, I'm you- an adult finally. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so what would you say? Like what, what's maybe like the, the counter to that or like, what's one of your, uh, weak points? I think for me, maybe less than like a job setting because I'm getting paid to do something. So I have to do it. But I'm very bad about um, if I'm not like immediately good at something, I kind of just quit. (laughs) Um, This has happened like every time I've tried to learn a musical instrument or I tried to teach myself how to code or... um, or I like volunteer for something. And then I'm like, oh, no, I'm actually very bad at this. And maybe I'm not actually, I could get better with time, but I'm not magically good at it on the first try. So I just bail. Yep. I can, (laughs) I could very much relate to that. Uh, It's such a bad habit. And I I think I'm just worried about looking stupid in front of people. Mm -hmm. So I'm, or, or like not being an expert at something immediately and impressing somebody. So I'm just like, no, I'll just um, pretend I never did this or met you or talked to you. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, it's really hard when you're, um, especially I think if you're if you're used to being good at a certain thing, and then you or or, or like mm-hmm. you have sort of a, an admiration for people that are doing this thing. It's like really hard to recognize that gap and to not just immediately be like, okay, oh no, I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> oh no, yeah, that's exactly right. All right, uh, yeah, that was great. So. I wanted to jump straight in and uh, talk about your podcast, Nice Things. Um, first of all, I really love it. Uh, it's like Aww, so, it's just you. so positive in this, you know, especially right now, I feel like we all really need some positivity. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it actually came out of a really negative situation. In, I think like 2017, I was in a like, political activist organization and there was a lot of you know problems and interpersonal stuff and I was just like very I felt very like down on everything and like with the election and all that stuff I was very in like a a not good place and I actually went on my friend's podcast who they don't they no longer do it which bums me out but when I was a guest on there we were talking about burnout in like kind of political organizing or just any kind of organizing in general, how easy it is to get burnt out and the things that you can do to kind of cope with that. And one of the things that I mentioned was, you know, just focus on things that you really, really love, even if it's really stupid, like the dumbest anime you've ever seen or a book that you love that is just trash. Um, And I... 
I was like, I want to focus on those things and why not do it in a podcast form? And that's how Nice Things was born. All right. Yeah, that's that's good. That sounds great. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize, I guess, the, you know, the, the connection there. But um, I mean, it makes sense. And I know you've had a lot of people on there that are very, you know, politically active. Yeah. I mean, I don't make that a focal point. But a lot of my friends are, you know, left-leaning activists and organizers for things like um, prison abolition and mutual aid projects and things like that. And they're just doing such amazing work. And I'm so impressed by them every day. So I just I just beg and plead with them to come on my podcast <laughs> and talk about um, baking or really horrible 80s B-movies. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's just more about the, the circle that you're in. You're not trying to like yeah, focus yeah. specifically on the political stuff. But yeah, but I mean, that's really... Um, I do think that is incredibly important, you know. Uh, we we have to be focusing on on positive things when it does feel like the world can be incredibly negative. And I think especially like in activism, a lot of times, even though the work is about, you know, creating a better world, it requires you to focus so much on what's wrong. Yeah. There's a reason they call it collective struggle. <laughs> Emphasis <Yeah>. on struggle. <laughs> so what is one of the most interesting things, interesting, nice things that you've heard on your show so far? Oh my gosh. Um, you know, it's, it's so, I'm, I'm always impressed when people come to me and they want to talk about something that's really kind of abstract. Um, like I had my friend Kim on a while back and her, her nice thing was just the concept of saying no when you don't want to do something and how nice it feels to, you know, set those boundaries and set those you know, have that sort of confidence in, your, in yourself to not take on something that you don't want to do or that you don't have the capacity to do. And I never even thought about that. <laughs> and it was so interesting to kind of hear that, how that's a good thing for, for someone to practice. And it is a thing that you have to practice for a lot of people, me especially. I'm always putting way too much on my plate um, and then bailing at the last minute, which is a huge problem. So it's always a cool thing when I learn what the boundaries of a nice thing can be. And it's all over the place. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a ton of variety there. And um, I totally agree with that. Like saying no to things, I think for a lot of people, like for me in particular, it uh, there's a lot of guilt associated around it, you know? Yeah. For me, especially, like, I hate to disappoint people. I hate to feel like I've let someone down until I completely get overwhelmed and I do it anyway. <laughs> right. So, yeah, like I said, it is something you have to constantly be aware of, know what your limitations are and, you know, set those firm boundaries. Say, like, I, I cannot take this on right now. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely like, I can see how if you got to a point where you felt very comfortable with that, that would be really empowering, you know, being able to say no and understanding like, this is not something that's a priority for me right now. And like, I'm sorry, but like, I have to prioritize myself. Mm -hmm. That's something that's come up before um, in the podcast and earlier episodes was like, a lot of people just struggling to, you know, put themselves first because they feel, you know, some like guilt or, you know, responsibility, but it's, it's hard to do anything unless you're taking care of yourself first. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, the comparison that I always go back to, um, especially with stuff like organizing or just really living your life is like those um, champagne towers. And when the (laughs) when the 
top one is full, then the rest get filled as well. So in this instance, you are the first champagne glass. So you can't fill everyone else around you if you you yourself are empty. That's that's a that's perfect. I can totally <laughs> visualize that. Yeah. And if you're filling up the bottom ones first, then nothing above that gets filled. It just starts spilling out onto the floor. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a whole process and everything mm-hmm. is very interconnected. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just focusing on that visual. That's awesome. <laughs> So this might have been kind of covered in that last question, but like what's something you've learned from hearing people talking about um, all of their nice things? I just love to hear what makes people happy Um, because I feel like in, in social media and like our sort of collective consciousness right now, everything is very, very bad. And it's really, really hard to... You know what it is? It's really, really hard to enjoy the things that you like without feeling like, oh, this is kind of stupid for me to like. I shouldn't be so passionate about this or I shouldn't like this Taylor Swift album or I shouldn't like Twilight as much as I do. And it's like, guys, we are getting crapped on left and right 24 hours a day. It's like the purge 24-7 out there. Like if you love Carly Rae Jepsen's E-Motion side B, like just own it. (laughs) And I think that's something that I've learned doing my like kind of introductory segments where I talk about different things that I like. And I've talked about stuff from like all the anime that I've been watching I've talked about stuff like being very bad at doing cross stitching. Um, <laughs> and I've really let go of this thing, like this concept or, or this feeling like I shouldn't like this because it's who cares, you know, just if anything brings you a small modicum of joy, just lean into it, please. <laughs> yeah. One of the like, I guess, most uh, most often cited like things in, in you know self-help or whatever is this sort of the concept of gratitude, you know, and that's, I think a lot of what your, your nice things is about is like realizing like, these are things that I'm grateful to have in my life. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how, how popular it is, or if it's just something that literally you're the only person on the planet who enjoys, like if it makes you happy, like it's so, so monumentally important Mm -hmm. to just appreciate it and appreciate that it's in your life and appreciate that you are alive to appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, this is a video game podcast. So I did want to ask you, and I know that you, um, you are in that sort of world. Mm -hmm. Is there a, a video game or a video game adjacent thing that, that qualifies as one of your nice things? Oh, totally. I have a whole list. Oh my gosh. Um, I probably, my, my definitely my f- most favorite video game of all time is Legend of Zelda Minish Cap. I love that game more than anything on the planet. I love the art style. I love the little side quests where you have to like go and collect pieces of stone. And then if your stone matches with somebody else's stone, you get like a nice cool thing that happens. Like <laughs> I love the the enemies and the fighting and it's ugh, it's incredible. I love that game so much. More recent ones, I really loved uh, Spirit Fair, I that was like the game of the year for me. I really loved Greece, which is a totally nonverbal narrative game 
that's sort of puzzle, sort of challenging, but the art style is just beautiful. The music is incredible. And it tells this really beautiful story about coping with grief and like all the different stages of, you know, loss and anger and, and you know, finally acceptance and things like that. Oh, it was one of the most beautiful, beautiful games I've ever played. It's so, so good. And it's super short. It's maybe like, I don't even know, just a couple hours. And they non-verbally told this beautiful, beautiful story in such a short amount of time. It's incredible. Yeah, I've, I've never heard of that one. I'll have to check it out. Oh, um, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, well, That's one thing I love about like indie games in particular is they're usually like able to explore all these interesting ideas that you, you never really get to see in these massive, big budget games, you know? Yeah, I really love when, you know, game developers personify or bring into life, you know, very kind of abstract concepts. Like there was another game that I played called, oh my gosh, Never Ending Nightmares. And it was created by this guy who wanted to basically explain to people how he felt dealing with, um, you know, depression and anxiety and kind of this, you know, how he was feeling. So he literally just created a game that is just anxiety personified. Um, (laughs) And it was one of the most incredible games I've played. It's super, super scary. And it's not really jump scaries. It's just very much dread the entire time. This is like slow burning kind of uneasiness, um, which is kind of what anxiety is in real life. So he did Yeah, it very that's well. what I was thinking. I'm like, it, yeah. it feels like it would have to be that if it was going to be, yeah, you know, accurately was. personifying anxiety. It was. It was very creepy. It was very cool. Um, and it was really just like black and white line art. So it was very minimalist too. Um, but it just conveyed that experience and that feeling so, so well. But yeah, it's really beautiful when you can kind of you know, visualize a concept or a, a feeling. Um, and I just think that's so, so cool. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I think I'm going to take a, a hard pivot here and head into our boss fight <laughs> section. <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, so um, just like to, to open the floor to talk about like a personal struggle or challenge that you're going through and uh, potentially how you're working to overcome it. Yeah, you know, I would, you would be hard pressed to find anyone who's not going through a personal struggle right now. Um, We're all having, I don't want to sound like I'm exaggerating, but we're all going through collective trauma right now in varying degrees, of course, but still like it's a problem for a lot of people. Um, And I think for me, my issue right now is I know that I'm feeling this. But whenever I feel bad about myself or bad about, you know, how the world is is going right now, my immediate response is, oh, I shouldn't feel bad because there's people going through it way worse than me. You know, I still have, a, you know, I have I still have a house. I just finally got a job recently after being unemployed for two, you know, two months, which in the scope grand scheme of things, you know, people have been unemployed for way longer. You know, I still am paying my rent on time. So I'm not doing bad. So I, I feel bad that I feel bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm having a hard time letting that guilt go and just like allowing myself to feel that, you know, feel these feelings and knowing that it's okay to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting because like you were just talking about earlier, you know, sort of the, <laughs> that visualization that you, you, you understand the concept that like you, 
need to be able to take care of yourself. And it's like, if you're feeling bad, even if other people are going through something worse, like that doesn't mean that you don't get to address that first, you know? Right. Yeah. It doesn't minimize what I'm feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just interesting how we can maybe like conceptually like understand something and still, you know, struggle with um, actually, you know, going through with it sometimes. Yeah. It, there's a weird, for me, especially there's a, I feel like there's a step missing between being aware of how I'm feeling and then taking the steps to not feel that way or to change it in some capacity. There's like a weird disconnect there. Like uh, I'll, I'll have a feeling and I'll tell myself, okay, well, if I do these things, then I won't feel that way anymore. But then I won't right. do them. <laughs> <laughs> and then I wonder why I still feel bad. <laughs> yeah. So for me, there's like, a, it's almost like when you're on like a, like a wooden bridge, there's like a plank missing. Does that right. make sense? <laughs> yeah, you, you, you know where you're heading, but you're just like, then you're just staring down that hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I I wonder sometimes how to fill in that gap. Yeah. I wish I had the answer for you. Um, this is not necessarily the place for answers, but uh, yeah, that is definitely something like I've talked to my therapist about before. So because <laughs> uh, I'm very much in the same boat. It's like, I, I mean, I kind of hate the term self-help, but like I'm very like interested in sort of that that world. And so it's like, I kind of like, I know the things that I should be doing. I know the things that I know. And I guess the awareness is sort of like the first step of that, like being aware of even where to apply that in your life, but then taking action is like a totally, totally different thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I came across a good trick that um, a friend of mine told me about, and um, I, I'll never forget it like as long as I live because it's it's very very cool. And I've just recently been starting to incorporate it, and it's it's done pretty well. I'll still fall off the wagon a couple times a day, but um, yeah, it happens. Yeah. So they told me if there's something that you can do in the span of two minutes, then just get up and do it. You know, I may not be able to get all my laundry done that day or that week or whatever, um, but I can at least take two minutes to put my clothes in my basket or to move them somewhere else. You know, I may be too depressed to get out of bed and take a shower and get all this stuff together, but I can brush my teeth because it takes mm -hmm. two minutes. So little things like that tend to snowball, um, especially for me. You know, if I get up and I'm not feeling it that day, I get up and I brush my teeth and now I'm like, well, I'm already here. I might as well tidy up my bathroom or, you know, put all my towels in the in the laundry bin or whatever. Um, so those things kind of start to uh, domino effect. Um, yeah. So that's actually been really, really helpful. Um, there are still some days where I just can't even do the two minute rule, but <laughs> it definitely is a process and that's totally fine. Yeah, yeah. Always, uh, it's, it is a good starting point. It's just like, start with sort of the smallest thing that you you know you can do. And then right. once you do that, you might start to feel like doing something else. And yeah. But even if you don't, like you've at least ticked that one thing off. And if yeah. that's all you do for the day, that's great. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you said it before, like we're we're all going through some sort of collective trauma right now. And we have to be able to give ourselves some grace and take care of ourselves. And so, um, yeah, don't don't discount like every little achievement. Right. 
Yeah, exactly. And I, I said this before on my on my last episode, but I talked about having a nothing day where I just like did nothing. And when I had those days, before I like really started to own having a nothing day, um, I would feel really bad about, you know, oh, I have to be productive. I have to be, I have to do these things or else I just didn't do anything with my day. Like, what is the point? And it's like, you're breathing and your heart's pumping and your brain is firing off synapses. Like that's still doing something. (laughs) So if even if that's all you do that day, that's incredible. Yeah, we definitely, we, we don't value nothing enough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's that, it's that freaking Puritan work ethic where it's like, you have to be a contributing member of society. Like friggin says who <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> nobody you know there's not a law that says you have to do that so right right and if you're gonna do nothing like you might as well not feel guilty about it right yeah exactly all right well cool and i think i was gonna ask you about like your power up but i think you just gave it to us there so <laughs> yeah perfect. maybe i did <laughs> <laughs> Uh, unless you have something else that you 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 have that can you know kind of help you to to work through those problems, but if not, like that covered it perfectly. Yeah, I definitely, you know, I think for me especially, I'm very introverted, and sometimes I'll go days without talking to anybody. I live with two roommates, and I'll I won't see them for days at a time. <laughs> um, but I've come to the realization that for me, like you know, having a conversation like this or just shooting the breeze with friends of mine on Zoom or whatever really invigorates me more than I ever thought it did. So I think doing more of that is definitely beneficial for me and my my mental health. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely in the same way too. It's like, I'm, I'm an introvert and I've been coping relatively well with the, the isolation, but, um, I do think we kind of forget like how nice it can be just to reach out to people sometimes. Yeah. And and even if even if you don't feel like you need it or you feel bit relatively comfortable being at home, sometimes we still need a little bit of that. And that's nice to have. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, thank you so much, Leslie, for for joining us. Is there anything you'd like to plug? I mean, we've talked about your podcast, so where can we find it? Yeah. So you can find nice things on Spotify or iTunes, really wherever you find podcasts. I'm also on Twitter at nice things cast or you can listen to me just ramble about the dumbest stuff imaginable uh, at garbage underscore he may on twitter as well all right well yeah thank you for joining us yay thank you so much thanks for listening to boss fight please follow along on instagram at boss fight podcast where you'll learn more about our guests and see artwork inspired by the show Don't forget to subscribe to get future episodes automatically in your podcast player of choice. And remember, game over isn't the end. It's just another opportunity to get better. Bye.